And all the brothers and sisters said, Amen. I, mean, I love that you think we're going to punch him in the mouth. Fingers crossed, right? <laughs> and I ain't butt chugging anything. We got to some content here. In the Venn diagram of fucked up, I'm not sure where that fits, but I'm pretty sure I hit the nail right on the head there. Works well under close Nick Saban adult supervision. Randy I mean, Sanders has the team dialed in. <laughs> they are ready to go. <laughs> How many bananas do you want out of me? I don't know. I kind of want to give Vanderbilt some love here. He's a, I, 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 lo- I love those head games at the two. The you got to weigh it's, all it's, your it's options. So much fun. Nobody I wants to go Lane Kiffin here? I might go Lane Kiffin here. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is another week. Here we are. Week six. I can still hear you. <laughs> <laughs> week six of Liquor and Leagues is behind us. Those games are done. Those six games are over. So here we are in week seven. Um, just a little Haas caveat because I know he uses caveats, even though I don't. Though this is for him. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to be unavailable the next week. So we're actually going to do two weeks worth of picks tonight. So gear up, strap in, and get ready. Uh, we're going to do the six games this week, and then we're going to do the five games next week. So just, just get prepared. Just just to be clear real quick for Haas, he said strap up, not strap on. Strap up. So. Strap in. I mean, I mean, couldn't, you, strap on. couldn't you also simultaneously strap on? Couldn't you strap you up and strap on want. or strap on? Well, if you strap, strap on, up. you are strapping up, technically. Either way. Thank you. Right? Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. it's not impressive. So Either way, we're doing two weeks worth of picks tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So get ready. It's going to be a fun-filled episode. Uh, obviously, you know, you're going to have that week coming up where we're going to pick those six games. But then week eight, that's going to be a crapshoot, right? Because we won't have the next week to really go off of that we've had in the past. So we're going to see how this plays out. All right, gentlemen, how are y'all doing tonight? Good. I'm, I'm still Grinch in the lead, the other so room. I'm doing great. Yes, you are still in the outright lead. Uh, outright know. lead. We're no longer tied. You're in the outright lead. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the week that was. Week six, we had six games on the slate. Kentucky, Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, Missouri, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt at Florida, and Western Michigan. The one non-SEC, SEC matchup. Western Michigan goes to Mississippi State. Uh, and, and, and just small note, Grinch did play his one and only wild card, free wild card. Now, he can let any of us can lobby. You. Any of us mm. can lobby for another wild card, but it takes a vote I mean, of the group to approve it. So he did use his one in week six. So it is listed there. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Let's let's go ahead and we'll start at the top. Georgia just beating the shit out of Kentucky. Yeah, I was going to say, you said six games. There were really only five because, you know, they fucking just demolished Kentucky. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Kentucky went into the week undefeated, looking like maybe they were legit. But well, Georgia yeah. has done... Let's- Upset alert. Heard it all week. (laughs) Georgia did what Georgia has done in the first five weeks, in the last 13 weeks from last season. I mean, they have just showed up and showed who they are, and Kentucky ran into a buzzsaw. Yeah, and let's not say that Kentucky's not legit, right? You know, Kentucky's still a good team, but Georgia's just, you know, they're leaps and bounds above everybody else right now, and they have been for the last three years. uh, Unfortunately, Kentucky made one calculated mistake uh, and they, let, they let march they beat the shit out of everybody mouth. so far so yeah, i mean yeah, yeah i'd say they are they I mean, are. but then they got manhandled by who, who? are we talking about wait, wait who, who are we talking about, about what? You are we talking about georgia are you in a simulation no, where you're confused yeah, I mean, um confused. no we're talking about georgia being you know legit kentucky oh being, georgia being legit yeah. i thought you were okay. saying kentucky's legit and well I'm kentucky like, can still be legit because everybody's fucking losing to georgia 
You know, there's there's you know yeah, but legit, there's, there's and then there's Georgia, and there's, right? There's I losing mean, and there's getting taken out behind the woodshed and like give it a good old one two. You here know? here yeah. you go. This is for Grinch in Georgia. There you go. Yeah, I I I mean, obviously pleased with the game. Uh, you know, be? seeing Beck start eleven for eleven, like one hundred thirty-seven yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he looked <clears throat> calm and control. That offense is, I think, started to show how it's going to be built and work. Um, and I, I'll just say this quick because I, I actually, even on TV shows or radio shows, whatever, I've never, I haven't heard anybody hone in on this. But Kirby Smart has referenced statistics from the LSU 2019 Joe Burrow offense multiple times. Because I think when you really studied it, it had answers for everything. That's that's why it was so successful. Now, you have to have the, the person running it be smart enough to know everything that the defense is doing. But it provides multiple conflicts for the defense that they've got to make a decision on. And especially when you have somebody like a Brock Bowers, who isn't going to just be a one trick pony, that even puts more strain on the defense. And so it, it ran really well. Uh, I'm not a smart enough defense guy to know how you counter that, but I believe that's what smart was, has been trying to build and create ever since he saw what happened in 2019. He didn't so I believe repeat. it. it and the thing is, I don't think he's scared for anybody to know that because he's like, that's that's your problem is, you know, we're going to give you this dilemma. You might get it right a couple of times, but but that's but it's almost like a gamble as opposed to understanding what's going to happen and scheming for it. Right. Because um, I know Georgia Trot in that game against LSU. And frankly, as smart as Kirby Smart is on defense, it didn't work. And Joe Burrow just carved him up. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we've all seen the sideline cameras, coach walking around with her hand over their mouth or fucking board. I mean, at the end of the day, you can hide only so much. Everybody gets to watch game footage. Nothing mm -hmm. is hidden in today's world, right? There is hours and hours of game footage people can walk. You don't walk into a game really surprising anybody. They just outplay people. Because people know, they see the schemes, they know, you know what the quarterback's going to do, they know the looks the quarterback's going to have, and they they can scheme against it. But at the end of the day, Georgia is just frankly, I mean, look at the stats: total yardage, UK, one hundred eighty-three, UGA, six hundred and eight. I yeah. mean, that's not even in the same fucking ballpark. <laughs> and and I watched Kentucky's press conference not because I was gloating; I was just curious to hear their thoughts. Um, obviously, they don't know if I watched, so it's like a simulation. But um, when it got to the defensive coordinator, he was like, "He, he." I think it, this is almost verbatim, but he said, "I felt like I was always one play off from the right answer," and it just carried on the whole game. Like he'd get it, but it would be one play behind or one play too early. Like he just, he said, he just never quite got it right, and uh, yeah. And, I mean, and Kentucky is a good team, and I really do like Mark Stoops, and I like the culture. It's just Georgia may be built similarly. They're just built better. And yes. I think, frankly, they coached better, if Mark I mean, Stoops is really being honest with himself. Well, he needs well, to stop opening his mouth <clears throat> and saying dumb shit. And, and let's be clear, right? Georgia did what Georgia does, right? You know, Ray Davis against Florida, 26 carries, yards. 200 and, yeah, 280 yards. Well. 10, 10 yards, you know, 10 yard average. 
against Georgia, 15 carries, 59 <laughs> yards, 3.9 average, zero touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Um, they just, you know, Georgia's defense, as it has the last few years, when they need to step it up, they step it up and just shut people down. And interestingly enough, Ray Davis was their go-to, one of their go-to targets in receiving as well. Yeah. He was the second overall receiver. Right. I mean, so to me, that says you're a one-trick pony right now. You've got one guy playing it on either rushing or receiving. And clearly, like I said, they ran into a buzzsaw. So good on Georgia. Georgia being who Georgia is. I look at the end of the day, I'm a Florida fan. I can I can hate on Georgia. Let's be honest. I ain't wild about their fans. And I've never made that mm-hmm. a secret because of the way they've behaved in the past. But Georgia as a team, I mean – yeah, I, 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 I mean, you that. had including the two quarterbacks because Brock Vandergriff certainly came in. You had ten different rushers for yeah. 173 yards, and that's why I say like the system isn't based around a single person. Now, don't get me wrong; I could go on all day. I mean, Ra Ra Thomas and freaking Dominic Lovett coming on board and transfer portal. You know, you got uh, obviously you got freaking um, Brock Bowers. It creates problems, but Oscar Delt played well. Dejon Edwards played well. Kendall Milton. I mean, it was just it, it was an all-around team performance, and, and yeah, that's probably about all that needs to be said. Kentucky's yeah, just going to figure out where their heads are after that game. Yeah, because next week they're going to go up against well, Kentucky. Kentucky's <laughs> going to go up against Missouri next week, and we know Missouri is that that weird fucking dark horse. And I I know they. Things didn't go their way this week, and we'll talk about that shortly. But, yeah, Kentucky can't look past Missouri. That would be a mistake. I know they're playing at home, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Then they get a bye week. So hopefully they're going to need that because then they roll in with Tennessee in week nine. So they could take a couple of losses here. They started out strong, but they weren't really playing anybody. And so Georgia obviously showed them for what they are at the moment that they just didn't scheme properly for Georgia. And now they're potentially, they may end up with another two losses before we get to week 10. So we'll see what happens. All right. Alabama going to Texas A&M. We split this one. This this was a down the middle, half and half. Half of us went Texas A&M, half of us went Alabama. Grinch, you said the line was one, I believe, at the time. Roughly. Something like that. Something like that. So it it was a pick em game. Grinch and I took a shot. Obviously, it didn't pan out, but we knew Milrow was a, a questionable quarterback in terms of his throwing capacity, but... I mean, he got it done this this week, 26-20. Alabama takes the win over Texas A&M. Here's, here's why I went the way I went, which it still to this day baffles me because, it, it honestly, this win makes no sense other than to say Jimbo Fisher coached scared. He, he did. Like, he wasn't aggressive. Like, he thought they could really win. And don't get me wrong, it was 20-26. to 26. It's not like they couldn't. Right. But, I mean, for Alabama, I mean, okay, four fumbles, one lost. A&M had two fumbles, uh, I think zero loss maybe. But I want to say they sat – yeah, they sat Milrow six times in that game. By the way, if you didn't know, Alabama has has given up the most sacks in the SEC this season. Wow. Would you, Alabama. Would you guess that? Crazy. Yes. yes. Are they really? Crazy. Yes. I would have and never that's thought why that. I was like, there's no way this O-line's going to hold up. And honestly, <laughs> at times it didn't, except for when it did, it worked. Right. <laughs> and Jermaine Burton 
went the fuck off. <laughs> I can't explain it any other way. So, so let me ask you this, because because Alabama has struggled this year, I think, in a lot of games. Do you think we're starting to see the end of end of a dynasty at Alabama with Saban? I mean, well, dynasties quote, don't last forever. I mean, that's well, sure. what yeah. I say. So, I mean, to quote, uh, you know, some others that I heard today talking about Alabama, like there's there everything's still there for Alabama this year. They can still conceivably there. get into the playoff. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and right. so it's like, I don't know until suddenly we all just know is kind of how I feel about it. Because right. I don't know what coaching voodoo went into that game, but it worked. They walk away with the dub and it was just a complete mystery to me. Well, and I don't think this is just this year. I think it's been a it's been a steady decline. Alabama's for a decade's been used to being the top dog in in the conference. And now for the last two years, they've been looking at Georgia, who has stepped out, and Alabama has lost a step at least to Georgia. And then this year they struggled, obviously, against Texas. They they didn't blow out Texas AM. So, you know, I don't think it's a this year thing. I think it's been a steady, slow, steady decline where, yes, I think Saban is eventually needs to take a, a hard look at the situation and go, is it time to move on? Have I done all I can do here? I don't know. But just, they squeak, they squeak out the weird. wind. Yeah, they, they squeak out the wind. Maybe they have Milrow finally where he needs to be. I don't know. I mean, he was 21 for 33, 321 yards. He did have one interception. But he, clearly his his throwing prowess has improved, or at least his the head on his shoulders when it comes to passing is was better this week. And we'll see if that lasts down the stretch because things are only going to get tougher, and then you're only going to have – you know, a look down the road at the SEC championship, whether or not you get there or not. And if you do, you got to go through, at least right now, you got to go through Georgia, which well, and yet they again, haven't exactly been able to do. Alabama had two turnovers to one turnover, so lost the turnover battle. Right. 14 penalties for 99 yards and That's won awesome. the game. It makes no fucking sense how they won that game. Yeah. Well, no offense, Georgia lost the turnover battle too, but hey, when you put up 600 yards, you know, and the other team barely puts up two. It's yeah, you're you're gonna win. So, but there you go, Alabama. They they squeak out the win against Texas A and M. Uh, I think it was a struggle win, but they managed to pull it off. All right, let's jump into the other game, LSU Missouri. We were all going LSU at the start of the weekend, and then Grinch reached out to me and said, "I want Mizzou." And so, I said, okay. so first question: what what was your thinking there, Grinch, to make that change? He likes uh, Drinkowitz. He really likes where that he's got the team going. No, I'm just kidding. That, that was impressive how you threw your voice like that, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I thought at home with an LSU defense that just fucking sucks. Frankly, even though their front seven's solid, their secondary is garbage, as we've seen two weeks in a row now. Um, I thought Missouri might be better. Um, on both sides of the ball collectively to give them the advantage. Um, and if you didn't see the game, it was not a 10-point game. Right. It it was one of the most – well, let's talk about officiating too. I still love the quote that I <laughs> I've read. I've heard this, that it's it was like, horrible. It's the, it's the worst officiating I've seen in quite some time, yet somehow it felt even. That whoever wrote that was perfect. They sucked on both exactly, sides of the – Like you did you, – like there was one time – uh, the Mizzou offensive lineman moved, and two LSU defenders jump and start pointing, and they didn't fucking call. 
Jesus. It, it was just insane watching this game. And then I think they refreshed on first down, on first and goal, I think twice. Mizzou stopped them and then had some stupid-ass penalty that reset the downs. So it was first again. And then if you looked at that final drive, Mizzou was exactly where statistically I kind of thought the game might go is whoever gets the ball last wins. Mizzou's driving the ball. LSU hasn't stopped them all day. And then I think they get a false start. And then something else happened, and then they they screwed up the snap. So it was a fourth and 32 Ooh. with like a minute 12 left. Got to go for it. So they go for it. They don't get it. They still get the ball back. First play is an interception, which gets run in, which is where you get your 10-point difference. Gotcha. Well, look, <laughs> nothing, against, nothing against Mizzou. They put up more points in this game than they have in any other game this season. So clearly, yeah. I mean, they're able to put up points. And I know you said LSU is struggling defensively, but clearly LSU isn't struggling offensively with Daniels at, at the helmet quarterback. So, uh, well, you know. and, and Brady Cook has been phenomenal. I mean, freaking Luther Burden is a beast. He is an absolute beast. And he showed out. I think he's the number one receiver in the SEC right now. I mean, 11 receptions, 149 yards. It's just a couple of key plays. And frankly, it's LSU's offense is one of the most dangerous probably in the SEC. So credit to them. Yep. All right. So, yeah, Grinch, obviously, he, he uses his wild card here in a – kind of last minute move thinking he can win a game back and and you know they were close like you said i mean they were close just one play here one play there it turns the tables and we're looking at a different situation but unfortunately lsu gets the win here all right arkansas travels to oh yes so where does that put us we'll get there oh okay i'm I'm curious i want to make sure my numbers are right okay are you still losing he's checking up on you if you're still losing then that's where it puts us we're good Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. That's so not what the ahead. simulation said. Okay. Arkansas goes to Ole Miss. Ole Miss pulls this one out, 27-20. We all went Ole Miss, uh, much to my chagrin. I'm, I'm not I'm, – anybody who listens to this oh, knows I'm not on. a Lane I'm, Kiffin fan. You would totally spoon with him. And if, uh, no. <laughs> no. Um, does this one even need a conversation? No. Other than just saying Arkansas's offensive line is horrible which is really, really a bad thing to say considering Sam Pittman is a former offensive lineman and coach. And, and the worst part um, is I, I really just – I really want to pull for Sam Pittman. I feel like, you know, I thought he was going to get it turned around, but he just doesn't seem to be able to get over that hump for some reason. Well, and Does I he have a job at the end of this year? Well, so here's the thing about that is they play, what, Alabama next, I think it is? Yes, And sir. Mm-hmm. if they lose to Alabama – Sam Pittman goes below 500 as a coach from his total experience or total time as a head coach, which changes the contract buyout because (laughs) it's a incentive based contract where if he's above 500, then it's like a 75%. If there's like a settlement, if he goes below 500, it goes to 50%. I'll have to uh, put him in touch with uh, Billy Napier, Mullen, Muschamp, McElwain. Clearly, yeah. he had the wrong agent 
putting his contract together. Yeah, but was it? What, didn't we discuss this one time? Was it Grinch that said that like you looked it up? Jimmy and Sexton, like, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's like the he's like they all had the Reps same like agent. almost all yes. of them. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah I I discussed that at the time. It was like twelve or thirteen of the SEC. Oh, it, it must clearly not be Sam Pittman as one of his clients. <laughs> he's, he's, I'm not, guessing. He's, yeah. he's going fuck. <laughs> all right, so there you go. Arkansas, unfortunately, Pittman doesn't get it done against Ole Miss. Vanderbilt rolling into the swamp, thirty-eight fourteen. Unfortunately, I did not get to watch this game. I, I didn't really get to watch any of these games. So I don't know how Florida looked. I, I, I don't caught, know if they looked that good or if Vanderbilt just looked like Vanderbilt. I mean, I caught bits and pieces of this game, and Florida looked okay. Um, okay. They didn't look great by any stretch of the imagination. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I just – this is one of those games where I just don't feel like it really told me anything long-term about what's going on with the program. Uh, because yeah. you, you know, again, you've got you know Vanderbilt, who, who, you know, they played a couple good games this year. I mean, they're not like the Vanderbilt of old that I like to hate on, but you know, it is still Vanderbilt, right? So uh, I'm, I mean, Ken Seals for Vanderbilt was 19 for 34 for 280. The three quarterbacks that played for Florida were 34 for 41 for 280. So, you know, obviously, the it was the rushing again that put him over the top, 215 yards versus Vanderbilt 64. So I think Florida, and maybe that's Napier's approach. He is trying to become a run first team. At least that's well, how it's. Feeling. How are you? Uh, here's my question, though: How do you put up that that kind of yardage in the run game when you still threw the ball that damn much? Well, I mean, clearly yeah. you you must you know Vanderbilt must have only had like five minutes in time of possession. And I'm sorry, Arliss Boardingham was our number one receiver. Who? Who? Arliss <laughs> Boardingham converted. I just read he's a converted tight end. Is he? It's what okay. it's, it the wording was converted tight end, Arliss, you know, Arliss Fortingham. Seven seven receptions, almost a hundred yards, fourteen point one average, two touchdowns. I ain't never heard of the guy. I, I haven't either, you know, but that worry I mean, that's great, but that worries me when, you know, your your what you would expect to be your number one receivers are not getting that kind of those right. kind of numbers. Agreed. Well, and that was my concern. And again, seeing the score and going, okay, good, we got a win, but not seeing the gameplay going, but it was it legit? Was it you're that getting that good, you're getting better, or the other team is just Vanderbilt? And I don't know. And that's the problem. And I hate that because I know, you know, we go to fucking Williams Bryce Stadium next week and I'll be interested to see how this game goes. See, Haas, you got a bye week last week, so at least you didn't lose. Yep. And not so, just that. We actually we could all talk about it later, but we actually gained ooh, a lot gained. from the bye Can't week. Wait to talk yeah, about yeah. it. Let's do yeah. it. All right. So let's finish up with Western huh, huh, and Mississippi State. Uh, so they went into Mississippi State. They win 41-28. Mississippi State obviously rolls here. It was an, a non-conference game. So, yeah, it may matter in the grand scheme of things, but as conference play goes, it doesn't. And Mississippi State is probably still middle of the pack. Unfortunately, that post leech era, I don't know what their identity is. Or if they're a team to even consider worrying about. Well, here's a stat I didn't know about. Okay. Florida plays two of its next four away from home where the Gators have dropped 15 of 17. Yeah, we have sucked yeah, away suck from suck on the we road. have sucked away. <clears throat> and that's been one that I have seen repeatedly talked about. At home, sure. Away, you struggle. So and, and again, when when you say that, technically, 
and I don't think it matters. Well, Florida, the Georgia Florida game is, is it a away game? game. It's a yeah. Florida home game, but I don't think that matters. That doesn't matter in that game. Right. Yeah, that's that's an away game for both teams, really. I mean, right. I know yeah, they yeah. post 50 50 tickets and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I know they post it up every uh, you know, alternating year. It's technically a home game for the other team, but that's just I don't uh, to figure out who, who gets the coin toss and that kind of shit. But right. And again, when you say that your two home games are South Carolina and LSU. Now we know LSU, their, de- their defense may not be working, but their offense is. And our defense has seemed to struggle under fucking Jonah Hill. <laughs> so uh, I just wish they would figure that out because they've been inconsistent. They'll have some it, games. The Tennessee game, they do well, and then they turn around and they struggle. Did it, All right, so random thing on Florida here. Did I hear they're going to hire an offensive coordinator? They, I, I have not heard that. I know there has been a lot of rumblings. That that everybody wants Napier to give up offensive coordinator. I don't see it being Spurrier. I'm Uh, sorry. Excuse me. This on an interview last week, I actually heard. So Paul Feinbaum, I was listening to him on the drive home. He had a guest on that was the same guest the week prior. Paul Feinbaum says, "I want to apologize to you because you said when we spoke." recommended Steve Spurrier to take over as OC. And I said, well, that's a good idea. And he goes, and later on in that evening, I looked down at my phone and it says, Paul Feinbaum says Steve Spurrier should be OC. And he's like, I that's not what that. I said. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I didn't originate that, nor do I deserve credit for it. So credit to Paul Feinbaum, you know, for, for correcting the record there. But uh, it was just something I heard discussed. I have no idea where it comes from. Yeah, no, I do know they want him to turn over the offensive uh, play calling reins because clearly he sucks at it, which, you know, again, I, I think Grinch, as you mentioned it, right? I mean, as a head coach, you've got so much on your plate. You know, why hold something like that close to the bell? I guarantee you, you know, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart aren't calling their own plays. They, I mean, clearly I'm sure have input into it, but they hire yeah. guys specifically to do that. And, you know, Napier's not, you know, it, you know, Western Louisiana or wherever the fuck he came from, right? This is a big time program. You right. know, spend the money, get get an offensive coordinator that knows what the fuck he's doing. I honestly don't know that Steve Spurrier is the answer. Um, you know, I know nobody thinks that's the, you know, that was just kind of something that was mentioned, but there, there's got to be somebody that they can bring in. Um, you know, like well, a Tim Tebow. Give them some kind of an advantage. Excuse me. It is funny. I, I see multiple headlines. All five on calls for Florida to involve Steve Spurrier. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's not what happened. Yeah, well, David McIntyre, yeah. ooh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mac just said Tim Tebow. So. Tim Tebow, we're ignoring you. Gators Online actually interviewed Spurrier, and he said one of the things, and they, you know, how can he become more aggressive with his offensive scheme? And, of course, Spurrier chimed in with, um, basically, they need to throw the ball more. They need to move the ball all over the field. And if you look at teams right now, that's what they're doing. They got guys playing everywhere on the field and they're managing to throw deep balls, short balls. And and I think that's his, his personal opinion, but we know what kind of head coach he was with the fun and gun. And so his, what did he do at South Carolina? Right. 
So, I mean, I, I worry. Oh, that here maybe we go. Look at that. Look at that furrowed eyebrow. Excuse me. What did he do? What? <laughs> like three seasons in Only a row, one. 11 two record. We were ranked like number one and two in the nation at the at several points in, in, in that three year stretch. What do you mean? What did he do? And did they win a national title? They didn't even no. win an SEC title. No, exactly. because, the sim- so, because the simulation <laughs> says that we're not allowed to. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> is okay. That what it is? Well, interesting so. note too is that Florida did not win an SEC title until Spurrier got there. Right. Yeah. Right. There was, I guess, there was one under Pell, maybe, but it got vacated. So the credit but, goes to Spurrier. Any, anybody tell me how? I mean, how old is Steve Spurrier now? I mean, hey, dude's like, got to be in his seventies, seventies easily. I mean, seventies, yeah. You know, I, I just don't know that he can. Because he was at Florida. Grind. He was the quarterback slash punter at Florida when my parents attended in the 60s. And they're like old as dirt. So, I mean. Yeah, so he's in his 70s, you know. mid-70s, mid to late 70s. So I, I don't see that happening. I wouldn't want it, to be honest. I don't think I'd want it to happen. I don't want him no. to be the, the offensive coordinator. Find somebody, you know, I, an up-and-coming offensive mind that, you know, can help well, get the and, job done, but take it off of yeah. Napier's shoulders. The problem is frankly, they thought they had an up-and-coming offensive mind in Billy Napier. And they shit the bed on that one clearly. So, well, and and I mean, you know, Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino aside, because that's a its own situation. What head coach wants somebody like that on their staff? No. Like, are you going to tell him no? You know, like well, nah, and, and, and every week nah. you're going to be thinking, "Am I getting fired and replaced by well, this?" Since he's already here, yeah. calling plays. Would it boost recruitment? Sure. But again, it, it's no. it's going to be yeah. I, I don't know that it, it would name recognition. Yes, but it's going to be you're you're going to be Peyton Manning with Tim Tebow sitting behind you, and the minute you you hiccup, everybody's going to be calling for Tim Tebow to take the ball under center, and it's like, and then look he's at my resume, and, look at know. my resume, and look at his. So I I mean it's not apples to apples, but I don't think Napier wants that name sitting behind him as an OC. Nope, absolutely not. All right, so there we go. There's the week that was. Uh, six games. Let's go ahead and jump into the week that will be. Well, hold week. on, hold on, hold on. No, there ain't nothing to talk can, about. Bro. Can we talk about the overall standings right now, please? We'll get there. <laughs> no, no, we'll get there. We, I we can talk, talk about, about the week twice. that will be uh, for Mac, asking, Mac. For what it's worth, I acknowledge you're winning. Thank you. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. I will. I want to talk about the week that will be. But I want to segue into that since the Florida-South Carolina game is coming by asking Haas a question I could not ask him last week. Haas. Yes, sir. Shane Beamer is in his third year. Yes. He is currently going backwards. We talk about coaches being given enough time. So I want to ask you, how much time, and I agree with the sentiment, how much time is enough time? Pittman going backwards at Arkansas. So – well, I'm not saying he's not the guy. I'm just saying in his third year currently, he is going backwards. Mm-hmm. So as a South Carolina homer, mm-hmm. at what point do you go, mm, we're moving in the wrong direction? Yeah. And I mean, why? I think, I think um, p- part of the pr- frustration, part of the problem being a South Carolina fan is we seem to win the games. We shouldn't. Um, I you mean, shit we the were, bed on the games. You should, yeah. And then we shit the win. bed. Uh, on the games that that were there's supposed to be no brainers like it just doesn't it it doesn't always add up and and I understand there's exigent circumstances stuff like our number one wide receiver the number one leading wide receiver in yardage last year uh, Juice Wells has not freaking played a snap at all this year um, so that's been a problem uh, the offensive line we've had like half of our like three fifths of our offensive line at any given week has been injured and not playing. Um, 
<laughs> excuse me. So I, I, and, oh yeah. And we have like the, the number one hardest schedule in the nation. So, I mean, there, I think there are things to, to be considered. Like you can't just carte blanche say, well, they're, they're, it's his third season as the head coach and he's failing and he's regressed and he's gone backwards. I don't know. I, I don't know you. I don't know if we can necessarily say that it, just yet at this juncture. So um, are you saying the only reason you were successful previously was you were p- playing a powder puff schedule? No, I mean, I think it was, I think it was a culmination of things. I mean, I think obviously, you know, oh, and we lost, we lost quite a few quality players on both sides of the football um, in the off season to, due to NIL. So I, look, I, Right now, Greg is going. Georgia loses players every year. Alabama loses players. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, but hold on, that that that's different because Georgia and Alabama have deeper and wider roster. Yeah, because they're buying players. You heard it from Mark. Well, I don't know if they're buying players. It doesn't matter if they are, if they aren't. That's not the point. The point is they have them. Right. Right. So they can afford. They can afford to lose. You know, some matriculation to other schools, and then you not blink and keep going. It's plug and play for them in a lot of ways. Carolina doesn't have that yet. Uh, for the most part. So no, I don't, I don't, unless they just completely lose like every game for the remainder of the season. Like if he just completely loses the locker room and they just get a bunch of like non-commitments or a bunch of decommitments, like um, who's the kid this week that decommitted from Auburn? Um, I think he's a, he's a defensive back and I, Jalewis something, I think. Um, I, I, from what I understand, he is a, he is a hugely touted and he's uh, supposedly going to go to Carolina. I think if they lose to Florida this week and it's just like epic proportions, because I think he's visiting this weekend along with several other recruits, if they all decide that they're going somewhere else and then they lose a bunch of people, they, you know, they get a bunch of decommitments, then I think you have to have a conversation, right? Well, you're two and three in week six. You're going to be up against Florida. Let's say you lose that game. You're now two and four. Then you got Missouri and Texas A&M. You could be looking at like two and six. I hear you, bro. I hear you. Loud and clear. I hear you. But I also know, too, that next season is a very different season, right? The first time we're not going to be playing Georgia in like 100 years. Yeah, the divisions are gone. Right. The first time we're not playing Florida in like forever. Like the landscape, as we all know, the the landscape of, of collegiate football uh, it is ever changing. Well, it's it's ever changing and unforgiving, and I think next year is a further testament to that. Like with, with you know, with different teams moving around conferences, and NIL is now making the transfer portal like this big, huge thing. It's like free agency in the NFL. Like right. you have to commit a lot of time and effort to it. Right. And you have to be serious about it. I mean, look at Dabo. Dabo's over the time about like NL ain't shit and f- screw the, the 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 transfer portal and now Clemson just sucks balls. Well, I'm happy about that, but you know that that's it's a testament of if you don't embrace change, look look what happens. It runs you over. Right. You get left behind. They don't yeah. care. All right, Max, since you're a big proponent of making sure you give coaches enough time, and we know we have one who's in his second year, how long is enough time in your estimation? Yeah, I, I, so I don't winning. think. I, I mean, yeah, you can't say. I mean, you can't say it's this time, right? You you can't put a hard and fast rule on it. I think it depends on the Boosters situation. Boosters and alumni would disagree with you. They and unfortunately, they're, the, they're the ones writing the check. I get it, yeah. but you didn't ask the boosters and alumni. You You're asked right, hundred percent. So so. So you're copping out with a very political answer of well, you can't put a hard and fast <laughs> fucking deadline on it. I assure you, you can. Is it four oh, years? Yes, you can. So you get a full recruiting cycle? Is it four Nobody years? puts baby Mac in the corner. They're That's apparently right. not. Don't, and he doesn't want to answer for his that question. shit, Mac. Fine. Fine. No, 
No, I, I uh, think, I mean, I, you know, I've said it, right. We've had this conversation. I said a minimum of three years, right. You know, I think you have to look at where the, where the program is at that point, you know, are they trending in the right direction or are they going backwards? Um, you know, if they're trending in the right direction and, and maybe slowly, you you can get another couple of years potentially. But, you know, if you've gone, you know, as we've seen at Florida from, you know, 11 wins to, you know, six wins to five wins, you're trending in the wrong direction and it's time right. to pull the plug. So um, you're saying if, if South Carolina ended like four and eight this year, do you go maybe it was an aberrant year and we'll see how next year plays out? Or as as, as Haas was saying, you lose recruits. Is it time to have a conversation? Yeah, I think if you start losing recruits, right? Because that, that and that's that's an indication you're trending in the wrong direction. If you start losing recruits, you start losing players to the transfer portal. You're going to lose some, right? Don't get me wrong. People who transfer because that's just what everybody does these days because they don't want to sit behind anybody and bide their time. Um, but you know, yeah, that's absolutely I think a bad sign that you're trending in the wrong direction. But you have to take a lot of it uh, into consideration. Gotcha. Grinch, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I was thinking about this on the drive home from work. It's recruiting, but it's also so much more below the line stuff, like functioning of the organization, you know, everything from equipment personnel to coordinators to strength and conditioning to facilities too, right? Are you you, building the right facilities to bring in better people? Because, you know, to that point, like, if you didn't know, there's actually friction within Kentucky about decisions of where money's going, whether it's going to basketball or to football, which has kind of created a rift, you know, between the two respective head coaches. And there's that. I mean, there's do you have people around you who know how you think? Like they're on the same page with you. They're lockstep with the approach to the game, to the mindset. Like they can almost you can speak in shorthand. You know, and, you know, I know, like, we've seen one experiment with a Scott Frost basically taking him, like, everybody to Nebraska, right? And it didn't fucking work. So I think it's probably more art than science, but I think there's still a science between simply knowing how to run a program. Mm-hmm. And I and this is a bit of why I mentioned in, in our text thread about, you know, th- there's the whole Peter principle, right, of, like, do you fleet up bigger than really where you're best? And and frankly, not everybody's built to be a head coach because it takes a fucking lot, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was what I was saying when we were kind of talking about like a Shane Beamer and a Billy Napier is like, is it almost too, it's almost overwhelming, right? I can't even imagine the stress these guys are under week in and week out. And I feel for them. They get paid well because of it. But it's huge. I mean, well, and you're bringing them from small programs typically, right? So this is something they've never dealt with before at this level. Right. Cause short of like a USC going after Lincoln Riley, you know, and they, they, they rolled out the checkbook to make that happen. Um, but you also got somebody that was proven at a big time school already. Sure. Well, and, and where I was going with that is power five going after another power five. Right. Right. And I know that terms, you know, maybe starting to get dated, but, that's usually why schools start looking for that next tier because they can probably pay them less to see. Short I, I of think, going, I know that's the guy. 
Right. I think Florida I would disagree because they paid a shit ton of money for a lot of yeah. crappy head coaches recently. They haven't done it much. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I no, I, I mean, the question becomes, do you start, do you need to look at, you know, bringing some of these guys up from these lower tiers into offensive coordinator positions, right? You know, while you still have a head coach in place to kind of groom them to see if they can make that step from, you know, like an offensive coordinator at a big time program to the head yeah. coach at that point, right? Instead of I just mean, bringing somebody say, from a head coaching position at a small school, giving them the keys to the kingdom at a big-time program and watch them shit the bed. For yeah, $50.9 I mean, million. Dollars. Two fantastic examples are Will Muschamp, or not, sorry. Uh, Kirby still Smart. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's an example, but Kirby Smart. Or the other way. Learning, learning under Saban. Right. And then a Dan Lanning learning under Kirby Smart. Right. To me, that's that show like you get to sit, watch and learn. And if you're a student, you're taking notes all the time. Right. If I ever get to this position, this is how I'm going to do it. These are some people I'm going to start earmarking for my staff. Like so when the moment comes, I'm, ready. I'm coming. I'm coming with ideas and plans. Not but here's the problem, right? If you're in Georgia, fun. do you want to now? You now you're looking at it going, OK, I'm investing my time and energy in this guy knowing that he's probably going to walk eventually for a head coaching position somewhere else. I, and now I, I, get, I, I mean, I don't know where, right. you know, if you're a good no, leader, I, right. That's you. Know, but that's what you, know, you like want. You want to grow Saban, people to move on. That's what you want to do. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's a fascinating discussion of just psychology of coaching and leadership because um, certainly in the army, I've seen people try to emulate other leaders and it didn't go well. It's like, it's not you. Why are you trying to be, be that person? that's not so you can't learn from them but you still need to be you and maybe you're not a fire breathing (laughs) dragon every day at practice that's okay maybe you need to hire a couple right Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) get you some you know some just beasts that are going to charge the team up so that when you talk you're the quiet one right you know how to set the tone so yeah i think it's a fascinating discussion i I watch coaching all the time and think about leadership that that that, but that's a whole nother discussion we could have on our sister podcast right about leadership and everything so it might be a good one go ahead thor thank you haas i appreciate you uh you know giving me your opinion about shane beamer in south carolina especially since florida has to play you this week and i know we've got a coach in a similar situation in his second year not sure if he's moving forward or going backwards right now and so it's just a question i wanted to ask so all right yeah i mean i mean the same thing can be asked about you guys and and how you feel about napier right because i mean it's it's plausible you know, you guys lose this week, right? Then you turn around and have a bye. Right. And then we lose to Georgia right. and, and suddenly then, we're yeah, we could be looking for a head coach. Yeah. We're behind right. the A ball. Exactly. And then right. and then then you got Missouri. Hold on, right. hold on. Let's take, a, just... let's take a break. We we want to okay. talk about you go. know scores. I know. I'm just saying <laughs> you try to hope stall. You got, <laughs> hope you took your picture. Hope you took your hope you took your snaps because we're moving on. Uh yeah. So here we are. It is uh we are the end of what, week six? Uh, Mac, you are in the outright lead with 53. I am in second place with 52. Haas, you have managed to pull back with two wins this past week and overtake ha- uh, Grinch for third place. And Grinch is unfortunately in the bananas position. Honestly, I, I didn't look too. Is, is it, I didn't look too closely, Haas. I actually thought you were <laughs> in last place, so I apologize for making that claim. And you're like, no, I don't think so. No, you're I right. knew I took a hit this weekend. I, I. Took some shots, you know. Yeah, you, you, did. you did what hostage. You got you got to take those shots. <laughs> well, and and again, sadly, I didn't get to see the Missouri game either because I only get one game 
collegiate game, and I got the Oklahoma game last week. So, right. <laughs> so, so I didn't get to move. see it. But but from it, everything I read and everything you said, it easily could have gone either way. Yeah, no, no, it could no, have. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. It absolutely could have. All right, so let's jump into the next two weeks. As I said at the outset, we're doing week seven picks, week eight picks. Mac, you are in the outright lead, so obviously you go first. So let's go ahead and jump off because I know we got to wrap this one up. Uh, yep. Georgia Vanderbilt, I put you um, down for Vanderbilt. I hope that's okay. Yeah, can, can I get the line on that one? I'd actually be Somebody? interested to hear what it is. 31 and a half. <laughs> About what you'd expect. That that actually well, seems a little that actually seems kind of gentle. If you yeah, want to know, right? here's a fun story. Last two seasons, Georgia's beat them 55 to nothing and 65 to nothing. Partly believe because Kirby Smart will never forgive Vanderbilt for canceling during the COVID season, which denied the senior class from having a senior game and becoming the winningest class in Georgia. So he punished them. Yes. <clears throat> I don't know year. that it's in his interest to do it this year. I suspect this is going to be more about how quickly can we get the twos and threes in. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. Georgia, Georgia. Without a doubt. Yeah. Arkansas, Alabama. Ooh. Alabama. Alabama by 19 and a half. Yeah. Okay. Auburn, LSU. Uh, LSU. The Texas Tigers. A&M, Tennessee. <laughs> what's what's Grinch, the line on this do one? That, man. Three. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Let's make sure we check Grinch when he makes his pick for LSU Auburn. He's going to be sneaky. Texas A&M, Tennessee. I said Tigers. Tennessee, LSU. I said the line is three. I didn't tell you how I spelled go. Yeah, go. Tennessee. Okay, Missouri, Kentucky. What's the line? Two and a half. I'm taking Kentucky. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna bounce back. Florida at South Carolina. Mm, I actually do want to know the line on this one. I got to imagine it's a, it was yeah. it was it was two or two and a half. I think. So the last few games have all been very close in terms of the line. Oh shit! Okay, mm. you're gonna take your shots. This sounds like the week to do it. Fucking hell! Give me Florida. I mean, I have to go with them. It but, had, it didn't pay dividends the last time you went that way up here versus Kentucky. <sighs> Because obviously the Vanderbilt Florida one that was a no brainer. You were like Florida. Now yeah. you're thinking about it. That didn't pay off last time, so we'll see what happens. All right, that's week seven. Do we want to do all week seven and then roll to week eight, or do you care? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's okay. stick okay. with week seven. That. Okay. So then it will be me. Okay. So I also am going Georgia over Vanderbilt. I am going Alabama over Arkansas. I will go LSU over Auburn. <laughs> um, playing at home, and you said the line on that's very close, right? Tennessee. Are you Texas on A&M. Tennessee? Yeah, it's three, three. Who and it's Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll go Tennessee. I'm going to go Missouri here. I think that uh, Kentucky is not the team we think they are. They they beat Florida, but Florida has, has been inconsistent. I don't think that says anything about Kentucky being a great team. Uh, they're clearly not on the level of Georgia. And uh, so now they are going to come up against another team, which I think is fairly similar on paper to what Kentucky's been doing. So I'm going to just roll the dice here, take my shot, and go Kentucky. Um, Mac, I too will roll Florida with you just for what the hell's. Yeah, that's that's, one of those games where it can go either way, so I'm sticking with my heart instead of... There you go. You know. Let's do it. All right. 
So Haas, we come to you next. How's that feel? No longer last. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said it, it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel. It doesn't. If if I said it, it feel don't better. feel bad. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel great, but it it doesn't feel so bad. Okay, Georgia Vanderbilt, Georgia, Arkansas, Alabama, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, LSU, A and M in Tennessee, Tennessee, Missouri, Kentucky, Kentucky, and South Carolina, Florida. I'm going to go South Carolina. I figured you were. Yeah. I think there's actually a legitimate chance they can win this. And then they're going to just get, they're going to get completely ass stomped. Right. Like (laughs) I'm going to be interested to see because clearly Grinch doesn't have a a dog in that fight where, where he lands on that one. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know what he's got. All right. Now we go to you. Grinch bringing in the rear. Um, Georgia. I am. I'm matching Haas's pick. So Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina. Carolina. There we go. I think Mizzou. I just don't know mentally how they overcome that game. And I know Kentucky's got a similar problem, but it's at Kentucky. I I think Kentucky's built a little better. Um, And they're going to want to show that they are a legit team because, frankly, it's just one loss, right? Whoever – this is going to really hurt whoever loses this game. And in my opinion, in terms Kentucky, of any hopes. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky is still a one-dimensional team on the shoulders of Ray Davis. Yeah, but you know what? He whooped the shit out of Florida, so. He sure did. You know, I don't I think mean, Missouri makes that same mistake, though. Here, here's the thing. Missouri's defense was not good either. You know? No, I mean. <laughs> now, it's against LSU. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I could easily be wrong in this one, and I won't be surprised. At that. Um, yeah, Florida does not travel well. They just no. don't. It's a pattern. Uh, I'm going, yeah, I'm going. With and Spencer at some point Rattler. you break. It's like dynasty's not lasting. At some point you break that pattern. Maybe this is the game. Maybe it won't be. Yeah. Guess we'll find out. All right. And, there's and week if there's seven. anything we've learned, there's there is no logic to a lot of college football. Uh, right no, now. makes no sense. Yes. All right. So there's week seven in the bank. Those six games. Mac. We move on to week eight. Let's go. Tennessee, Alabama. I don't like this picking without having the week. <laughs> um, I know it is to what it is. to see. Um, we have no lines to work, with. but again, I, I know, right? we have said time and time again, any given Saturday, what's on paper means nothing. The more I do this, the worse I, I mean, we've said all you're, of those right. lines. Yeah. But when my lead is on the line, I, your lead is going to be on the line those for, lines the are next, bullshit. for the yeah. next seven weeks. So it doesn't um, matter every time you pick knowing the week before it doesn't guarantee I'm going to take Alabama, week. Alabama, army, LSU, LSU. Ole Miss, Auburn. Give me Ole Miss. Now, the only limitation you probably have is nobody's going to pick up a line this far in advance. Would that be accurate? Mm-hmm. There's none. I mean, probably. Well, the nice thing is, is this would be the it, week we, somebody might use a wild card coming well, out of next week, right? I mean, well, everybody. I don't even think Vegas releases the lines until the day after the result last week right so you you won't have that to go on okay miss state and arkansas give me arkansas okay and south carolina missouri Missouri. they are traveling to columbia oh columbia is going to columbia look at that Mm -hmm. who are you going missouri missouri then there you go alabama lsu arkansas (laughs) okie doke so tennessee alabama hmm 
This is one I could him. see coming after coming out of this week, coming in with a wild card. Good. LSU over Army. I also will go Ole Miss over Auburn. I am going to go Arkansas over Miss State. South Carolina over Missouri. Hmm. I'm going to go Missouri here. Do you have a six and one Missouri? Or do you have a four or a five and uh, two? Yeah. Five and two Missouri. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, I'm, I'm going Missouri here. At the end of the day, the, the what five and one versus the two and three. uh, I'm, I'm going to err on the side of it's a better record. They're playing at home. Grinch has sold me on Drinkowitz, although I don't know how or why. So I'm going Missouri here. So there we go. All right, Haas. Go ahead two, and just two weeks in a ahead. row. You're in third place, even if you're not That's in third right. place. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead and fill out in the same for me. You are going to Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mizzou. Yep. Okay. Really? Yep. Mizzou. Okay. And then Grinch, Alabama. L- oh, I'm sorry. Tennessee, Alabama. Mm. No, uh, I'm good. I, I'm good with everybody. The same. It's just the Mizzou South Carolina game is the one that I'm bowling. So I'm I'm okay. matching up. Otherwise, so being an Army guy, you don't just side with Army. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Had to ask. Had to yeah. ask. Uh, Missouri. I didn't go South to Carolina. Army. <laughs> you did go to the Army. <laughs> that was my profession. Fair. If they, playing, school, oh, bad. if they were playing school, if they were playing paintball, maybe you side with maybe, Army, right? maybe, yeah. maybe. They were trying to take a small said, country. He's all about it. Yeah, any army person who's mad at me, I don't fucking care. I didn't go to West Point. <laughs> um, nah, I think I'm matching. I think I'm matching the group on this one. So nobody's wow. Okay, nobody's gonna uh, take this uh, week because of the weirdness. Of I the mean, I think, I think everybody's I, sticking together for now. Like I said, I think. The, you know, well, Grinch is the one guy cards. that can't use a wild card. Well, he can yeah. use an agreed upon wild card, right? Like if he comes out and says, you know, guys, I want to change this pick, and we all agree to let him, he can do that, right? But <laughs> That's I mean a bold statement that you think I'm gonna let him. I said obviously I mean, we're not going to. <laughs> here, here's what I'll say that I think is a caveat because I heard a funny debate um between Aaron Murray and Dari, and I forget Dari's last name. Um because Aaron Murray has said, I, I am taking LSU over Alabama today. It's happened. And Dari was like, whoa, really? Well, all right, well, I got Alabama. And and so then the discussion was, well, is the bet nullified if either starting quarterback is out? And, of course, Aaron Murray's like, no. And he's like, well, of course not, because you got Nussmeyer as your backup. <laughs> he's like, who's <laughs> Alabama? You know? So to me, I will state – I am agreeable for all to revisit the pick should either Spencer Rattler or Brady Cook be injured. Because I think that's a significant change to the possible. Sure. I'm good with that. I think that's where where we kind of all agree that, okay, yes, a major change has happened. We can all revisit this game if we want to. Sure. All right. Well, there we go. We've got week seven and week eight in the books. This is the first time in the history of Liquor and Leagues that we have picked two weeks back to back like this. I appreciate you gentlemen doing this for the sake of, you know, the commissioner. Uh, Mac, hold on to your lead as long as you can, brother. You mean like the entire season? I mean, you've managed to do it. (laughs) Wire to wire, baby. That's right. Six weeks. Um, So has anybody done that yet? No, nobody Uh, has held it wire to wire. There you go. Yeah. 
All right, so let's jump over to Charlotte. We uh, Obviously, they had a bye week, so they did not play. So now they are going against Navy. So, Mac, you will pick first. We're, again, two weeks, so we're going to have Navy versus Charlotte, and then we're going to have Charlotte traveling to East Carolina for the second game. So you're going to be picking two. All right, first one, Navy versus Charlotte. I'm going to take Charlotte. And then Charlotte at East Carolina. No, everybody else has to make their picks across the line first. Oh, you're such a little bitch. Hey, you know me. <laughs> Why are you surprised? <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, Haas, Charlotte or Navy? I'm going to do Charlotte. And then Grinch? Navy. I feel like we should go Navy. I may have to change my pick, actually. <laughs> like, Biff, uh... Why are we? They they've shit the bed all season. Why did we pick Charlotte? I'm going Navy. Fuck that. I'm going Navy. All right, Charlotte, East Carolina. I am taking the Pirates of East Carolina. Same. Same. Hmm. Grinch. That's a as of the current their current records are one and four versus one and four. Yes, <laughs> but but it's we're in, not saying they don't suck. It's Greenville, right? So it's home field advantage. Yeah. Oh, is there is that such a thing? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Fuck it. it oh, one of four. It doesn't it's matter. Not. It's it not like I'm tying anybody. Fuck it, Charlotte. No, exactly. <laughs> You're going Charlotte. He's going to be yeah, the one genius. <laughs> He's like, Whoa. "Fuck you guys." We know I ain't that. I'm in last. There we go. Yeah, now, but you won you. two years in a row. So That's true. You know, like like Saban. The dynasty came to an end. Yes, yeah. yes, it did. That's, that's what it is. All right, so there we go. I got Our I got a little too up. clever in my recent years. <laughs> it, I need it to happens. get dumber again. Stop listening. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, what? What? It happens. <laughs> it do happen. All right, gentlemen, where there we go. Liquor and Leaks is in the book. Week seven and eight, when, when next we meet, uh, we will be rolling into week nine. So we will see how the next two weeks play out. Uh, be interesting to see how these picks stand up and if we do make any changes along the way. Uh, as always, gentlemen, I appreciate you being a part of this week in and week out and doing this with me. Your hot takes, your perspective on SEC football here in the South. We love Saturdays down South. For all you listeners out there, feel free to check out all of our episodes of Liquor and Leaks anywhere you get your podcast. You can find us, Spotify, Amazon, Google, doesn't matter. Uh, just tell Alexa, play a spirited debate, and, and she probably will. Uh, gentlemen, as always, I love doing this with you guys. Can't wait to do this again in two weeks. Looking forward to it, and I will talk to you then.